The Blood Flow Restriction Podcast is brought to you by Saga, a world leader in innovative BFR technology. If you'd like more information on our Bluetooth-enabled auto-calibrating BFR cuffs, you can find that at saga.fitness. And if you'd like to pick up a set for yourself, you can save 20% with the code BFRPODCAST. But let's get right into today's topic, which is kicking off part one of a four-part series on blood flow restriction training and cognition. Now to start, we know cognition is an umbrella term and there are multiple domains of cognition from attention to memory, executive functioning, etc. From our current understanding of the literature, different types of exercise, in other words, aerobic activity versus resistance training, seem to have differing impacts on different cognitive domains. And the purpose of this episode, which is, you know, part one of four, is to set the stage a little bit. So we're briefly going to review literature on general exercise and cognition. So this is not directly BFR related yet, but it's important foundational level understanding because BFR is a subset of general exercise. And so if we can understand the bigger picture, it becomes a lot easier to understand how BFR specifically might apply and might specifically augment certain forms of exercise to have a differing impact on cognition. Once we've set the stage there, we'll briefly discuss why this is a question worth asking. In other words, based on what we know about general fitness and improved cognition, where could BFR potentially fit into the equation? Is there any reason to think BFR could offer additional benefit, or would it benefit certain people in certain situations based on context, etc.? So that will be the full focus of today, just kind of setting the stage in part one. Part two, we're going to review direct studies on BFR and cognition. There's two that I'm aware of. Uh, So we're going to go through both of those. We'll talk about what the protocols were, the outcomes, and what we can take from it. Part three will be a deep dive into the potential mechanism. So how is it that BFR could be impacting cognition more than the same exercise and parameters without BFR? That section is going to dive into some really interesting findings. For instance, how different levels of exercise intensity can impact different cognitive domains, meaning based on the acute benefit that you're after, in other words, executive functioning versus attention, perception, and memory, understanding what type of intensity of exercise could potentially drive that specific benefit. And then part four, we'll round out with our applied portion, which is based off of our current understanding, which is fairly limited. There's only two studies at this point that have directly investigated BFR and cognition. Uh, But based on our current understanding, what are some ways that you could potentially implement BFR to favorably impact cognition? And that will kind of round out this four-part series. But not to get too far ahead of ourselves, Let's just set the stage for today. And for reference point, many of the papers that uh, I will be referencing, and this entire series actually will be guided by a recent hypothesis paper titled Acute Exercise and Cognition, a review with testable questions for future research into cognitive enhancement with blood flow restriction. That paper, alongside all the studies that are referenced in this series, will be in the show notes as always. So let's jump right in. Exercise has been shown to favorably impact multiple domains of cognition. In looking at two meta-analyses, one of them would be the effects of acute exercise on cognitive performance, a meta-analysis, and the other would be the effect of exercise-induced arousal on cognitive task performance, a meta-regression analysis. We can develop a bit of a picture on the impact of aerobic exercise and resistance training uh, on cognition. Again, this is traditional exercise here, not blood flow restriction specifically yet. As it relates to aerobic exercise, acute aerobic exercise has been shown to have a moderate positive effect on certain portions of selective attention, executive functioning, which that's a a broader set of cognitive processes responsible for planning, organizing, 
goal-directed behavior, things like that, uh, short and long-term memory, and inhibitory control. And we're going to go through examples of each of these later in the discussion. On the topic of resistance training, it's shown to have a moderate beneficial effect on cognition as well. Uh, there's a, I'll reference a meta-analysis here, acute effects of resistance exercise on cognitive function in healthy adults, a systematic review with multi-level meta-analysis. This study only included uh, the domains of attention and executive functioning compared to the non-exercise control, but we did see improvements in inhibitory control and cognitive flexibility after just one session of resistance exercise. And interestingly, the authors noted that cognitive flexibility seems to be unique to resistance training and not aerobic exercise. This is where we sort of get the idea that potentially uh, different cognitive domains can be impacted in differing ways by the form of exercise that you're engaging in. So we have aerobic training, which appears to have acute benefits on selective attention, executive functioning, short and long-term memory, inhibitory control, uh, and potentially not enough evidence to suggest that it could have an impact on cognitive flexibility. But then on the other hand, we have resistance training seeming to have roughly equivalent acute benefits with some evidence for cognitive flexibility as well. Where does BFR fit into this equation? Well, we know that BFR can enhance the intensity of your training simply by its application, meaning in the context of resistance training, the broad physiological response to your training will be of greater magnitude at a load-matched exercise under BFR versus non-BFR. And then in the context of aerobic training, the same principle applies. When output is matched, you're going to have a greater intensity under BFR. So a good example would just be you know, the speed on the treadmill, or if you're on a stationary bike or an assault bike, if you were to perform the same session twice in a row, once under BFR and once not under BFR, regardless of the fact that power output, time, and all other factors are equal, the application of BFR would significantly increase the intensity. You'd have more lactate accumulation, overall an increased intensity of the session. And then we also know that the application of BFR tends to get you to certain thresholds in shorter time windows. So Onset of blood lactate accumulation would be a good example. This is when your blood lactate hits around four millimoles per liter. And again, performing the same workout twice, once under BFR, once without BFR, uh, you're going to hit the onset of blood lactate accumulation generally much sooner with BFR, which is fairly straightforward, right? We have significantly less oxygen reaching the working muscles, significantly increased metabolic demand, and therefore lactate is going to begin to accumulate at a more rapid rate. On the topic of lactate, we're going to get into this in part three of the series, but it looks to play a pretty interesting role in cognition. So just a bit of foreshadowing here as it relates to BFR, if we can sort of mimic some of the physiology of higher intensity training at a lower intensity and in a shorter time window, then we can potentially acutely improve cognition with less total work or output in less time. Beyond that, are there potentially some unique benefits to BFR where the active restriction itself enhances the magnitude of these cognitive benefits that we're going to get into in parts two and three. For now, this episode just serves to lay the foundation for the relationship between exercise as a whole and cognition. Very broad. I know we didn't get into many specific details here, but it's an introductory episode uh, just to get the wheels spinning as far as how BFR might fit into that picture. But we will see you in part two, where we're going to review the two specific BFR and cognition studies, the protocols they used, and what we can potentially learn from them. Until then, stay strong, have a great week, and we'll see you there.